Blog Talk Radio. Look, you can tweet us, you can email us, 
Um, you can meet us in the chat room and um, ask your questions. I think Kalita likes questions. I love questions. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we want everyone to do. And and if not on this show, we're definitely going to tell you how to get connected with Kalita, a great source. Um, and, and that's so important. In social media, you don't know who you're going to meet, what they know that can help you. Um, so continue to keep your mind open. Continue to um, stay connected and use Technology Expressal as your source of information. But I'm going to let Vaughn kind of lead us through the path of, and start us out on our Q&A with Ms. Kalita this evening. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I would like to, um, I guess, start off this evening, Kalita, by just asking if you could tell our audience just a little bit about your, your background. Um, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, moved to Atlanta in 06. When I moved here, I started my career in project management. Um, I was making decent money right out of college, and you and I were discussing earlier, I didn't really have a financial education. So I had all this money and didn't know what to do with it. So I abused it pretty much. And, I mean, all of those things culminated into me writing a book. And that's, you know, where we're at today. Oh, okay. So I guess you can go on into then um, that's pretty much what started you on it and then really what inspired you to truly, um, I guess, take it from just, and learning experience into putting it towards a book? Um, well, what really inspired me to write the book is kind of a combination between my personal story and my friends. Um, when this started out, my journey first started out, I was, it was really all about me. I hate to sound selfish about it, but that's where my mind, my mindset was at the time. I was just, I was tired of living check to check. Um, I was tired of being financially strapped. I was tired of having more money than I had money. Um, so I knew there was a problem, and every problem needed a solution. So I started looking for solutions, and I thought, again, I had stinking thinking then, but <laughs> I just kind of thought, I was like, you know, if I just made more money, all of my problems would go away. And that just wasn't the case. I mean, I tried to find another job. I tried, um, I got involved with an MLM, which is a multi-level marketing business, for whoever might not know. Um, and that, that online business worked for a little bit, but I would I would plateau in it. And I kept being blocked at his door here, his door there. It's like everything everything that I would try to do, and this might be a, a result of my project management background, but every solution I tried to come up with kept getting blocked. So I got more and more frustrated as time went on, and I was like, you know, God, uh, what's going on here? Are you going to help me out? I don't understand. You know, I'm trying to make moves, and everything keeps getting blocked. And true to form, when you ask, he answers. And it was really just like, look, Kalita, I'm not going to get you out of this situation. You have to go through it. And you have to go through it the hard way. There's no easy outs. So I took him at his word, and I buckled down. I just I masterminded a plan, and I started to work that plan. And I mean, as I was working that plan, I was posting it on, on Facebook and um, social media. I was just chronicling everything that was happening. Okay. You know, so every time I would, like, pay off a debt, I would say something about it. Like, oh, I paid off my car. I had three credit cards that totaled $20,000 in debt. I paid off all three of those. And when I paid off my third card, I made a post saying, I can't believe it's been 22 months, but I paid off all of my debt. I don't have any debt except for student loan debt, but that's another story. I went to law school. I have six student loan debt. <laughs> but, um. A funny thing happened after that, and it was my friends sort of contacted me saying, you know, Kalita, how did you do that? I would like to recreate that in my own life. 
And next thing you know, I'm having phone conversations every other week with a different friend about how they can do it for themselves. And that just snowballed into to me writing a book. That's really what inspired me to write the book because I realized that, one, I wasn't the only person who was struggling financially. It wasn't just personal to me. It was something that a lot of people struggle with. Uh, but because it's an embarrassing topic, nobody talks about it. We all pretty much just suffer in silence. And I also learned that there was a gap, a need that needed to be filled, and my experience could fill that need. So when you take all of this into consideration, it just developed into a book. I mean, that's the last thing I thought about doing, but that's what happened. And, 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 and uh, you know, first of all, you know, I, I'm scribbling notes all over the place because, you know, first of all, I like to, to reinforce just some, some really key points. It, it's interesting, like you said, as a project manager, one of the key things is you, you have roadblocks and you try to um, alleviate those those roadblocks. I like what you even said. You tried a lot of different things, and none of those were working. And now I've got to put on my business analyst hat. When you go back and do the root cause analysis, it wasn't necessarily keep trying to find and make more money, make more money. Because that's, I guess that's a mentality, especially of young people. Uh, you know, if I have a big salary, well, if you're bad at managing a small salary, you're going to be bad at managing a big salary. And there's a lot of people who lose a fortune very easily. You know, I've talked with friends, and, you know, we like to, to talk about, you know, uh, this celebrity, this star. It's like, how can they blow through that much money? Right. You can do it. You know, they can they go bankrupt. They file bankruptcy all the time. So it, it's one of those things that if you learn to, to uh, manage, and, I, you know, one of the things, you know, people also have to understand, living below your means, not right. counting on the next raise and already spending it because you're always going to be behind the eight ball. But, I like that you, you, you um, from a project management um, perspective, applying that, that problem solving. And then once you found out, look, I need to back up to the root cause and it's how I'm using that money. And a lot of times, once you're already behind, you even, it's like when you're losing weight, <laughs> that, that discipline is once you gain the weight, you get even less to get back to where you were, so that, that kind of backtracking. But I love the fact that I got a hit on the fact that you posted it out on Facebook. You kind of use that as your diary and your journal. And that already, you know, was even getting people into thinking because, again, there's those different influences, and when you're hanging around like-minded people, they're talking about things that are important to you. You can use Facebook and social media for play if you want to, but what you'll find is just as many people using it for higher purposes. Mm-hmm. And so this this was kind of your your, your launch pad. So I thought, I thought that was really cool and just wanted to kind of reiterate that. But I'll, 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 I'll let Dawn, I think she's probably got another question to you. Yes, let her say to I do, but um, right before I get to the next question, I, I did um, find it very interesting, too, that we're talking about something that some people um, – do you feel shame in or embarrassed to share? And I, um, I, I think that it's great that you did not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, feel ashamed to share such an accomplishment. And, and even putting out there just that um, this was debt that you you had, you were experiencing, and um, over time you were working to uh, get rid of it, <laughs> get out of it. Um, 
But but with that, if you don't mind sharing, so since you said that this was something you were pretty much uh, journaling for yourself, um, can you tell us about how, so how long did it take for you to, I guess, put it all together and, and write the book? Um, the story's kind of funny. When I started writing it, it was just, I'm going to chronicle my financial journey and see what happens. And I wrote the first half of the book relatively quickly, maybe two weeks. But then I just got away from it, procrastinating, not living right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it wasn't until my mentor sat me down and she's like, Kalita, what are you doing? I mean, you need to finish this, you know. And I sat down and I was a hermit for pretty much two months and I knocked the book out. So I'd say in total maybe three months to completely finish the book proofread it, change everything up, get it out for everyone to see. And so you would um, say then uh, it was your mentor who pretty much kind of pushed you and coached you into saying this is something you really want to take seriously and, and make it into an actual book and not just something for your own personal, mm-hmm. um, I guess maybe a hobby, some yeah. would say, that yeah, you, definitely. we were starting it off as a something just personal, and she mm-hmm. said this is something you probably need to share. Yeah, I definitely um, give her that period. I mean, we went to Chick-fil-A for, she actually works with me too, so we went to Chick-fil-A for lunch one day, and she was just asking me about the book. She's like, well, what's going on with the book? You should probably make this, you know, public. I know you just, you're kind of just writing the right right now, but it's a need, and you need to fill that need, and I don't understand why you're just sitting on your hands. <laughs> you have a gift and you need to share it. So that's what happened. That is awesome. You know, uh, what we haven't shared is what is the name of the book? Let's talk about what's the, what's the title of the book. The title of the book is Hard Work Pays Off, a journey from the struggles of debt to financial freedom. Absolutely. Hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's some things in, in, that you even said that sometimes you just have to um, except that you have to go through it and mm-hmm. what comes out on the other side. And, you know, the, the other thing is sometimes the things that you're going through is for your benefit, but now also there was a bigger purpose also and other people can benefit from that too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it, it's remarkable to do that in, I think, did you say 22 months or two years um, mm-hmm. time span? Right. That's, that's, and, I mean, $20,000, did I hear that right? Right. That's a, that's a lot of debt. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> a lot of debt. And, 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 yeah, <laughs> in, in a short period of, of time. So that that's amazing in and of itself. Um, and, and the words that I keep hearing, whether it's about, you know, knocking down your debt or going through it or writing with, with discipline. Right. Is, is sometimes you just have to, um, you know, that you knock that person off your shoulder that's, you know, always finding other things to, you know, for you mm-hmm. to do and procrastinating and just get in there and be disciplined. And um, I dare say that's probably also discipline played into you getting your law degree, too. So kudos, <laughs> kudos, and kudos on all, all fronts. And in Thank some you. cases, multiple, those were going on at the same time in parallel. So yeah, that, that's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and, and we talk about that because we do a lot of um, inspirational quotes, too, for our listeners, too, is sometimes you just don't know how much you, you, you know, you don't know within you mm-hmm. until you have that challenge. You yeah. know, you, when you're, you're first looking at that daunting task, you're probably thinking, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> there is right. no way. This is not me. <laughs> 
Um, and then yet at the same time, when you look back now, you're like, hey, you know, now now you probably have a different level of confidence. So that, mm-hmm. that's really exciting as as well. So, again, like I said, to tell them again what the name of the book is, it will be Hard Work Pays Off. Hard Work Pays Off. And we do know that you can get it on Amazon.com, but we're going to explore a little bit more of these other areas where you can get the, the book, the workbook as well. So, But I'll, I'm going to give it back to Dawn. I was going to ask, um, well, were there any challenges that that you would feel that you faced um, in putting this workbook together? Uh, the biggest challenge, like she said, would be discipline. I had a hard time just being consistent. Um, you have to do things when you don't feel like doing them. If you only do things when you feel like doing them, they'll never get done. So that was like a really big challenge for me. Um, Finding the energy. I mean, I work a full-time job on top of the fact that I'm transitioning into a new job. And then I come home and I'm spent. So I had to find the energy um, to even write the book. And then on top of that, I had to write a book that was entertaining, informative, yet simple all at the same time. I never wanted to overcomplicate what I was writing. But I wanted to put it in a storybook format so that people could identify with my story. Because I want you to know who I am as a person. I'm your normal person. I have a decent job, I make a decent wage, and I'm going through everything that you're going through. Nothing sets me apart. So I wanted all of that to be played in to the book. And I think uh, I achieved that. Absolutely. I like the fact that, that you said that it's a workbook. Is that kind of their equivalent of journaling? Because it, it was the journaling kind of the therapy part of it, too, and so you could also kind of see your your progress along the way. Was that, was that an important part for you? Yeah, I think, I think journaling was definitely therapeutic. Um, a large portion of the story writing was really just so that I noticed when I was writing at the front end. Remember, I took a break. <laughs> when, I, when I wrote at the front end, a lot of my friends, when they would read the snippets that I was writing at the time, would say, I had that same thought, or I went through that same experience. So it started making me realize that we're going through the same thing. So the more vulnerable and open and honest I am, the more they can identify, which makes it easier for them to put themselves in my shoes. Understood, understood. Um and, and so did you find yourself some nights where you had to make a choice between maybe going out and partying and spending some money <laughs> and staying home and writing? It's probably both purposes. You right, right. got further in the book, and then secondly, you, you save money. So there, there, yeah, were some, yeah. there were nights I had to turn out time. But it's all worth it. And uh, just purely off of people being able to benefit from the book, it was worth it. I mean, I have friends now who are part of my test group who in a month and a half paid off a credit card and half of another loan already just off of the lessons that they learned from the book. And she texted me maybe last week and told me that. I was like, wow, you only had the book since December. I'm really proud of you. Wow. <laughs> I'm very excited for you, and I can't wait to see the end. Absolutely, absolutely. So it made it worth it, passing the defense. <laughs> exactly. And first of all, I want to welcome our guests. We have some guests on the, the phone tonight. Um, also, some listening in on their um, laptops. So, thanks for joining us. We're talking with Kalita Jenkins, who wrote uh, her very first book, which is Hard Work Pays Off. And um, the the other thing is, if you have a question for Kalita, if you're on the phone, you can press one, and we will open up your mic, and you can talk. Or if you just want to give a shout out to Kalita, might be one of her friends, fans, or success stories out there on the um, telephone. 
do that as well. And um, we hope to have Kalita to join us in some of our Twitter chats. Um, that's how we met is through a, a tweet up, the power of Twitter, social media. Um, and I think, you know, your testimony of power of Facebook and, and sharing um, your journal. And so we want to make we want to make that available and continue that conversation. A lot of times we do the radio show just to kind of give people a background, but we use social media as well to start some of that chatter and that buzz, you know, those, those lurkers. It takes people a little bit to kind of build up their – uh, lots of times they start skeptical, but it kind of takes a while for them to build up and, and ask questions. But you're definitely building a platform that is interactive. So not only do you have this unique content, but how you're delivering is unique. So can you talk a little bit about it? It's a, a book, but the book is just kind of um, just one of the platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the book is an e-book. There's not a hard copy for it. So that was one of the platforms that's really being explored right now. A lot of people are moving to self-publishing. Um, not a lot of people like for their content to be changed. And I think even the audience doesn't like for the content to be changed. So to be able to go online and self-publish and not really have any cost is amazing. It's also what motivated me to, to launch an e-book. Um, I don't have to deal with all the PC oh, stuff that comes with going to a publisher. Um, and from that, you know, again, my mentor was instrumental in having me launch a blog, and she wants me to do a podcast and put together an audio book. And everything's happening in steps. The book was first. Uh, the blog came second, so the blog's out there now. It's freeandyou.com. Um, and I'm using the book and the blog to kind of compensate each other. They're working hand in hand. And right now, like, Jackie alluded to earlier, the, the financial journey is in three stages. you got financial struggle, financial security, and financial freedom. Me personally, I'm in the financial security phase, but I've done enough research on the financial freedom phase that I can tell people, you know, what, what avenues you can take in order to achieve financial freedom. So I'm going to use the blog as my interactive platform to keep people up to date on where I am in my financial freedom pursuits. Absolutely. So it's it's a you know I'm I'm big especially from um, a business analyst perspective uh, continuous process improvement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People know that from from IT, um, and and that's the same with with this as well. It, it's you can very easily backslide mm-hmm. or find yourself you know back in that position. So you've got to get out of the struggle, and, and probably a lot of it is breaking bad habits. You, you, I heard you say stinking, thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then getting to that place of security um, and maintaining that for a while and then making the leap to, to freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have a, a couple of different questions there. Give some examples to our audience. When you say thinking, thinking, because you said you were, you were um, generally in your I think, like, you know, it's not a habit stuff, too. Yeah. Give them some examples so that they can kind of relate. Well, the main one was, um, again, the whole, if I just make more money, it'll be okay. And I was just disrespecting my money. I didn't care about my credit score. It was like, well, if I make money, I just pay for it in cash. And, um, I was accustomed to living with debt. It's okay if I have a credit card. I can make the payment. I was thinking about the minimum payment and not the end game, mm. you know, not looking at my credit card being maxed out and what it was doing to my score. And, I mean, I talk a lot about improving your credit score in the book, too. So I know now how detrimental it is as far as debt-to-income ratio and all of that. And another thing is, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier as well, 
I had another mentor who used to say, you can't be a millionaire with a $40,000 mindset. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was. I had the $40,000 mindset. I had a millionaire vision mm-hmm. for the $40,000 mindset, and I couldn't transition from one role to the other until I changed the way I was thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the the other part, so talk us through when we talk about struggle, security, freedom. Give us kind of like a baseline definition. What each one of those are? How do you know, you know, where you're at if our audience is listening, mm-hmm. you know? Um, financial struggle was really, again, you're like living check to check. Um, you're barely getting by, and you're in debt, and debt is ruling you. So if you're ruling the debt, um, Joyce Meyer says it a lot. You want to own your life. You don't want to borrow it. So when you're in the financial struggle stage, you're borrowing your life. When you get to financial security, now you're not living check to check. You're putting money in savings. Um, your credit score is improved. Um, you have an emergency fund. If something detrimental happens in your life, you're not relying on credit cards to fix it. Um, you're Unless you're Dave Ramsey, <laughs> you're going to have a little bit of debt. I mean, not everybody can go out and pay $30,000 for a car or $150,000 for a house, but if you have a $10,000 or a $20,000 emergency fund, it doesn't matter that you have those liabilities, you know, because you have backup in case you lose a job or somebody gets sick. So when I'm talking about financial security, that's where I'm at. I'm talking you have peace of mind financially. Um, financial freedom is when you're not working for money, you're not exchanging time for money. Um, instead, you're compounding time and money. So we're talking passive income. You're moving from the employee, self-employed side to the business owner, investor side. And that's financial freedom. That's where I want to get into, you know, through real estate and other venues where I'm just really making passive or residual income. Mm-hmm. So that would be examples of all three stages. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don, I don't want to. <laughs> I think we're having a great dialogue here. I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I am listening. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I, I refer to Kalita as an author, but I, I will say that, you know, um, shame on me, but I really should refer to you as a blogger, really, because you're really using the virtual world. You're really leveraging technology, mm-hmm. which we love to point out at Technology <laughs> Express. Um and and so so talk about yourself as the, the blogger and, and how you're leveraging that that platform and how people can contact contact you, connect with you and, mm-hmm. and what you want them how how you want them to interact with you. Well the blog is actually relatively new. It's only been up for about maybe six weeks. And I'm feeling my way around and I'm finding myself um growing as I'm going. And I just wanted to get out there and do it. I felt like if I kept researching and trying to figure things out, I would get what they call analysis paralysis. (laughs) And I didn't want to do that. So, you know, I started following other people's blogs, and that's actually instrumental in anything. I mean, I feel like I wrote a good book because I read a lot of books. So I know what a good author writes about. Just like with the blog, I can't really create a good blog unless I know what good blogs look like. So I had to start following other bloggers and interacting with them and building relationships with them. But um, I'm just learning as I'm going, and the, the blog is going to be, because the book covers so much, I couldn't go into as much detail as I wanted to in the book, where it would be 600 pages long. Nobody wants to read that long of a book on a tablet. <laughs> but um, I use the blog also as a backup to that. So anything that I couldn't fully explain in the book, I'm using the blog as an avenue to fully explain it there. 
So would you say that the book and the blog pretty much go hand in hand? They definitely they work together. Yeah, they definitely work together. Um, and I have an opt-in form on the blog as well, um, on the sidebar and at the bottom of it, if you want to, like, opt-in and get in on the newsletter and just get weekly updates from me regarding anything financial. Um, I have a, an email. It's kalita at com. If you just want to ask questions, if I said anything tonight that, you know, might have got your mind working, <laughs> you just want to know a little bit more about, um, like you said, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty much an open book, so. And so um, <laughs> you uh, touched on your newsletter. Now, uh, how often does that come out? The newsletter comes out once a week. Um, an article might come out biweekly, but the newsletter I try to send out once a week just Everybody knows I'm still alive. <laughs> you know, keep keep fresh eyes on it. So, and the the newsletter is normally relatively short. I try to keep it a little bit shorter than the blog articles, um, just so I can share ideas with people and and mindsets. Because again, everything that we're discussing tonight goes back to mindset. If your mindset's wrong, this is looking bad for the home team. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. FreeNU.com. Right. And is, is that how were they also email you if they want mm-hmm. to email you directly? Yeah, there's a contact form on the blog as well. Or you can email me directly. Either way, I'll get it. Okay. <laughs> and so tell me, how do you, where would you be your email address? It's Kalita at FreeNU.com. Okay. And then for our audience, it's K A L E E D A at FreeNU.com. Correct. Okay. Great. That's Absolutely. And I think that that's important. You know, we, we talked about that, that um, it's an embarrassing topic, so a lot of people um, are afraid to talk about it. And I hope that they take from from you that, you know, you've pushed past that embarrassment. You put your stuff out there. You put your story out there. Um, so they, too, can come forward um, and, and, and get the help they need and get the answers that they need. It, and, you know, quite honestly, the people who are faking it, you know, they're probably the ones that are worse off. You know, you never know if it's somebody's inbox and mailbox. You know, they got their phone and they're not answering it. <laughs> um, it's not their fan club. Um, so, you know, everybody has had those, those moments and, and um you know, I, I completely agree, and I can relate to this because in the IT industry, you can make some big salaries, and some young people can make some big salaries. Um, but that's just that's just a lot of you know a lot of opportunity to get into a lot of trouble. You know, mm-hmm. going off and buying big things, and um, I, if I went back back to when I was in college, we got out. We had the biggest salaries we'd ever seen. I remember my father said, you made more than I made all the whole time. I was in the military for 25 years, coming right out. And, you know, we were buying boats, and my friend wants to buy a Jaguar. And I was like, yeah, because I want to ride in it. Let's do it. You know, we're shopping, you know. Um, and the, the interesting thing, and this happens a lot in IT, core organizations have ups and downs, and we got laid off. And, um, you know, People fresh into they bought townhouses, like I said, boats, and she was just menswear and signing the dotted line on a jack. Um, and and so you know having that safety net too, so mm-hmm. being prepared for life, mm-hmm. um, you know, real life because you know you never know. And um, 
Do you find have people come to you as far as that and and um, helping young people understand about savings and having that necessity? Because of course, when you're young, you don't think anything can go wrong. But you know, does, does that come up, or has that come up with among your friends? And and yeah, it comes up more and more. Um, of course, the more the further we get into life, the more important like four hundred one k's become having a backup plan, and now we've gone through things, we've gone through layoffs, and, and people get sick, and all those type of emergencies, and of course, like you said, when you're young, you feel like you're invincible. The closer you get to 30, the less invincible you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're in your 30s, you're like, I'm not invincible at all. <laughs> you're like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> right, right. So we talk more and more about 401ks and how much you should put in there, and Sometimes I don't understand when my friends have a 401k and they're not taking advantage. Like your company matches, that's free money. You're not getting 50% return anywhere you go. Not now. (laughs) So I I strongly encourage them to do that. I encourage them to put away three to six months' worth of expenses. Um, If you can't save a whole bunch of money, just we have a, it's called a 52-week money challenge that we do. I actually found on Facebook where you put in a certain amount of money depending on the week of the year. So, for week one, it's $1. For week two, is $2. Three is $3. Week 52 is $52. And at the end of the year, you saved up $1,378. Now, for some people, that might not seem like a lot of money, but the average American only has $400 in savings. So you've tripled that, you know, in a year by saving a little bit of money over a 52-week span. So these little things, we keep trying to maneuver and figure out ways to at least get started. Because, again, you don't want to have analysis paralysis or get stagnant or I mean, I know we paid attention to physics. You got the law of inertia. You got to get moving, you know. And, and I was going to say, and what's amazing is at the end of the day, um, you do just want to get started. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now with, I think, everyone experiencing such a volatile market mm-hmm. more than ever, it's not just young people. Everyone needs to learn about some sort of financial stability right. and just knowing how to have um, an emergency backup plan because mm-hmm. you just never know what's going to happen. And I think, too, especially for myself, as I get older, I think, you know, you, you focus on only um, uh, layoffs can happen, mm-hmm. but people don't think about sicknesses mm-hmm. and not just yourself, but other family members who sometimes you may have to take care of mm-hmm. and what how that touches on, you know, different parts of your life. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's good to just have a, a backup plan. Right. It's very important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as we're sitting around talking and, and excited to have our listeners um, on the phone or those who are listening to the recording, and like you said, it, it, you know, this is Technology Express, but this is a little bit of a different topic, although we're, we're tying it into how you're leveraging and doing your blogging and, and use Facebook. But, you know, I, I just want to comment on the fact that the younger you can sit around with your friends and start having this conversation, the better. It shouldn't be a taboo subject or a subject, oh, you're being nerdy or something <laughs> like that. No, I'm, I'm actually being sophisticated as well, as, you know, mature and, and forward thinking. So, you know, you should be able to sit around with your, your friends and if you're, you're hanging out on Friday night with a glass of wine, mm-hmm. you should bring a 401k and you should talk about savings. And they have, like you said, a challenge just among your, your peers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. One of the things we always say is if your friends 
All right, talking about those type of topics, maybe it's time for some new friends. Right. Because you can't just sit around and talk about oh, this latest car, I'm on, and this, and this, and this baller got that, and I'm going to buy this, and I can, you know, if that's what they're talking about, maybe you need to reevaluate your friends because it's time to to kind of mature your conversation. And, and the, the thing is, is if you do it younger, then you're that much ahead of the game. You don't have to backtrack and be playing catch-up and that type of thing. You can start retiring early and, and that type of stuff. Um, so it is cool to talk about this in your mm-hmm. 20s. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part is um, I know for, for generations, you know, they, they used to talk about, like, being poor and, and, and not being able to manage money was kind of a generational thing because your parents, they didn't know any better, or your grandparents, and so mm-hmm. that habit got carried on. But I say the book stops here because we have Internet. Mm-hmm. We've got Kalita. We've got <laughs> bloggers, and we have bloggers who look like us, who don't just have been with born with a silver spoon, not that I know mm-hmm. of, you know. Doesn't, and, you know, not, you know, you may watch other people do other things, but they may have mommy and daddy and other people they can fall back on. But sometimes you're just out there on your own, so you have to be your primary in your back. Uh, that that was a little trick I caught myself um, being single. I always had a credit union account that was hard to get with. I never carried a card. I remember one time being on vacation, and um, we were supposed to have a place to stay. It fell through. I was my backup. I didn't have to call mommy and daddy. I just called that account, got some money, Western Union to myself. I didn't get a backup. I am my own Western Union right now. And I brought a little instead of having to depend on, you know, someone else. And um, so that type of, you know, thinking. But I, I just say that, that, you know, 20-year-olds just start having this conversation, mm-hmm. and they have someone that is just recently, you know, in, in that age group and that experience that can tell you, how to avoid, so they're that much ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, just think, you know, if you could go back and have this conversation with Kalita, uh, you know, right out of high school and college, mm-hmm. how much further ahead that you would be. So they had that, that advantage. And then, you know, the Internet, just there's information out there, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. And so people have to be, first of all, Start respecting the fact that it's not just for play. Social media is not just for play. It's for connecting, meeting, whatever topic is important to you. You can search hashtag and you can find it. As a matter of fact, all day today I've been hashtagging financial freedom, financial struggle, <laughs> financial, you know, security, financial, um, just whatever I could think of. But, um, you know, people need to, to start searching on this, looking for this. And if you're going to lead you, especially if you're following my tweet, back to Kalina, to her book, to her blog. Um, what, what other, what, is, is there one thing that if, if someone right now was in financial struggle, what would you tell them is the, the first thing? Maybe either they've got to give up or cut back or, you know, what, what, what reality check might you say to someone? I mean, the reality check is, I don't even know if I can say this one thing, but my mom always quotes this verse where Jesus talks about uh, you can't start building until you count the cost. And for me, the wake-up call was I had to know my state of affairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, for anybody I talk to about anything having to do with money, if you don't know where you are, you can't get to where you want to go. So my first thing that I did was I sat down 
and I took an accounting of all of my bills. I took an accounting of all of my debt, and I had to figure out. I had a financial statement in front of me, <laughs> and I had to write it down, my income, my expenses, my assets, my liabilities. I wrote it all out, and that helped me develop a plan. So step one is just knowing where you are and also tracking your expenses, which I'll just say going into an app I use. I basically tell everybody that the first thing you want to do is track your expenses for three weeks. Um, Why three weeks? Because it takes 21 days to form a habit. So you track every single expense you make on this app. It's actually called um, Spending Trackers by M.H. Riley. I have it on my smartphone right now, and I still use it to this day. Even though I'm not financially struggling, it keeps me on track. So I use that app to track every single expense, and it helped me to find where my holes were in my, my pocket. I could figure out like where I was wasting money because you don't notice the little three dollar, five dollar, ten dollar expenses. I have friends right now who are like, I mean, I don't know how to cut costs. And I was like, Well, do you buy lunch or do you make it? Buy. That's twenty five dollars right there. If you're if you're eating cheap, it's fifty dollars if you're not. <laughs> you know. And I was like, You times that about four. Now we're talking a hundred to two hundred dollars you're spending on lunch. You can spend that in Aldi and feed your whole family for a month. You know. So having that that app and tracking it on my phone and there's no excuse. Oh, I don't I don't have my checkbook. Oh, nobody uses checkbooks anymore anyway. But <laughs> I don't have my notepad or anything like that. I'm like, well, your smartphone's always attached to your hip, no matter who you are. At this this point, we're just saturated. Um, so I would just pull on my phone, track it. So between knowing where I was spending money and knowing my state of affairs as a whole. It just allowed me to jumpstart my whole debt journey, the yes. whole battle. Absolutely. And would you say that you were um, surprised at some of the, you know, things that you were probably spending money on? That you yeah, little trips to the movies, lunch, and just food in general was a huge expense. Oh, gas. <laughs> I mean, I was driving places I had no business driving. You know, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I forgot to set the store. Oh, I forgot to pick that up. And I was like, well, let me write down what I need so I'm not making two or three trips unnecessarily. <laughs> like, you just really start being cognizant of what you're doing. I mean, things that you were just wasting money on, you don't even realize you're wasting money on. Oh, I'm going to buy this iTunes album. Oh, um, that takes about $50 out of my monthly budget. I might have to wait on those albums. You know, just little stuff. But you don't pay to anything under $20, you don't pay to anybody. Mm. It's just the reality of the situation. But by tracking it and seeing it accumulate on my phone, like maybe I should just chill out, just <laughs> back a little bit. <laughs> I need to reevaluate some things. Exactly. But you got to know first. You got to be aware. You have to see it. And black and white doesn't lie. So. And and I think that and there's probably some people in the sound of our voice, but see some other people have joined us. So first of all, welcome uh, to our show. As we're talking with uh, Kalita Jenkins about her book and blog, Free and You is her um, blog and her website, freeandyou.com, and her book is Hard Work Pays Off. And and one of the things that you said, I asked you for one tip, and you said knowing. And that's so important because I think some people are in denial, so it's like, I just want to open the um, mailbox, or I just want to open 
the letter or I just don't answer my phone, you know, just boom, uh, you know, um, that I'm popular. That's why people keep calling me over and over, but, um, you know, those types of things. So, you know, it, it's the denial, and I think that that's kind of like the equivalent of your first AA meeting where you have to sit down with all those bills in front of you and do a, a spreadsheet. Um, and I think that also, you know, our culture, Mm-hmm. Too, you know, um, of entitlement sometimes. Mm-hmm. People think that they're entitled and that I've got to have a smartphone and I've got to have, you know, uh, a car, you know, that in, in anytime I just want to jump into it, I can go here and there, not thinking about, you know, like you said, how many times are you filling up your, your um, gas tank, um, entitled to your Starbucks, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> your bottle of water, you know. Um, you know, in this generation probably don't even know that there's even alternatives to that, you know. So if you're in bottle of water, you buy the, the bottle that has a filter in it, and, you know, you drink out of that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's being creative and back to basics too, you yeah. know. And um, something again we do with business analysis is question everything. Everything can be questioned. Mm-hmm. Do I have to have this? Do I have to do it this way? Is this the only way? And just just rip that that budget to shreds. I, I, yeah, you were talking because this is probably something that I need to do. But I was thinking about it's like a financial diet. Mm-hmm. You know, and cutting back is hard. It's back to that discipline and stuff like that. And then you have to get in that, that maintenance mode. But it's it's like a financial financial diet. What was the hardest thing for you to give up? <laughs> um, movies. Movies. <laughs> I have a movie buff. I go to the movies every week. And I just had to go back and start redboxing it. I didn't have to go to the movie. The day it came out, especially at night. I couldn't wait. It had to be matinee. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. But everybody has a vice, and my vice is movies and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, that would be, be fun because I know you said with your, your blog and, and you, you want people to kind of um, interact with you and share their stories. And then also ask you, um, you know, what you did. But it would be interesting if people wrote to you and shared what's the hardest thing that they had to give up, you know, mm-hmm. for their financial diet, so to speak. <laughs> and it would be cool to kind of uh, accumulate those. We might, we might have to do a tweet-up like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be the first to tweet about me having to give up the Starbucks. <laughs> you, know, you take for granted the 4 or $5 a day, mm-hmm. and, you know, just on your simple treat, mm-hmm. your special brew coffee <laughs> can kind of make at home. I had to end up YouTubing and finding out a little uh, recipe that turned out to be very, very good and said help me curb that habit on a weekend. That's okay. right. Okay. Daily one.
your your blog, about your website, and about your book. Now, the book is like a workbook. People work through their different um, the different stages, but like I said, you, you could put everything in there. So you'll get them to a point from getting through the struggle to the security, and then from there, that's when they really pick up on the blog, the blog topics, and and the follow-up. So it's, it's kind of a marriage of both, and what's nice is you kind of are a partner right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did something like Success Alliance where you kind of, you know, kept each other in check and, you know, followed up with each other and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's perfect, too. I mean, most people do that when they are doing diets. I think it is important to have a partner because when you do, like you said, um, you're lacking your discipline, if you have your partner to say, hey, no, this is what we need to do, you know, holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. I think that's helpful. Exactly. Well, we are so excited and and, um, really, you know, enjoyed having you on the show. We're looking forward to, and I hope, you know, not to you on the spot. First of all, we'd like <laughs> you to come back. Our, our microphone is always open to you. And um, keep us in a loop as far as, you know, um, what you're doing. And if you do come out with a hardbound book or, or you know, that type of thing, because we'd like to share it with our um, audience as well. And we'd like to have you, you know, for a Twitter chat, too. As yeah, well. I'd love to come back. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, it has been, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, just a, a great story to tell, and we wish you the, the best of luck. Um, and and we're, we're going to hear about you until court cases next, right? <laughs> My company decides to get in legal trouble, but... <laughs> And you'll you'll keep them out of any legal trouble. That right, that right. is fine. But you know, and and we we talked about um, uh, we shared before the show about your your journey and this type because we talked to a lot of people on Tech Express so about their career paths and that type of thing. And I think that is also interesting that you've taken a couple of twists and turns. And and if you would share because I think it it talks to your character mm-hmm. about sometimes you have to do what you have to do to do what you want to do. So yeah. just a little bit, if you wouldn't mind before we close out, would you share that path? No problem. Um, like I said, I graduated college. I moved down here maybe three months later. Um, I happened to know somebody. Again, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And she got me a job as a project manager in power generation of all things, generators and switchgear and most people who work in the industry have an engineering background. I had a political science background, so I was completely a fish out of water. Um, it was sink or swim. I had to learn everything on the go. There was a learning curve. I did get bit a couple times, but I came back. Um, I think what was most advantageous about being a project manager for so long, because I've been one now going on nine years, was just learning to interface with customers internally and externally, um, learning how to problem solve. you got to be quick on your feet. And I'm learning in an entire industry in this time. So, I didn't think, I never thought that's something I would be doing. I didn't even know power generation as an industry existed until I got to work in it. Um, but it's been really instrumental in who I am as a person, just knowing how to build relationships. and Because these relationships that we build, because the industry is so small, it's a tight-knit network. And you have to maintain these relationships because if you break them, they're broken. You know, 
but that helped me develop as an individual. And on top of that, while I was working full-time, I was going to law school at night for four years. So, I mean, I was sleeping in the back of my car. They still joke about it at my job to this day. Like, oh, I used to see Khalid out at lunchtime, sleeping in the back of her car. I was like, well, I, you know, I got to get my sleep in where I can. <laughs> Don't judge me. Right, right. <laughs> okay. But uh, that was a lesson in itself because it was really a lesson in discipline because I never felt like doing work as far as law school. And, I mean, I, I enjoyed college. I loved college. It was probably the best experience of my life. But law school, I couldn't wait to get out. Oh, my God, it's been four years. But then just by our association and working hard and making it through and, and passing the ball on the first time, my the VP of our department just called me into the office and said, well, we're going to create a position for you here. And you have the project management experience. No other distributor in the nation can say that. Um, and then you have a legal background. So we get the best of both worlds. We want to bring you on here. And got to go through the politics of it. But just bear with us and we'll make it happen. So everything just happened to work out for my good. And I'm thankful for it. It wasn't the path I would have chosen or even thought about having, but it happened. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, just, you know, um, everyone has a story. And for our audience, you can just pull so many nuggets out of other people's stories, you know, inspiration. And, you know, so many times we're telling young people STEM, 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 you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. And, you know, this, you know, we say right now, right now, those aren't the sexy ones. So you go to college for this other thing, you get this, this big vision. But what you'll find is the jobs, the careers, to get your toe in the door, a lot of times it might be through one of those four. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so broad. You almost can't avoid them. And it is almost dangerous to avoid them. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, when the opportunity comes, you can't be intimidated. And that's what I like about you. You had no inkling that this industry existed, and yet this industry is, is opening doors for you because you got in there, and they probably thought, hey, she's willing to try, she's stuck in there, she picked it up, which she could, and, and now she's fully indoctrinated. Now she wants to better herself. We're going to find a position because we're not going to lose this great worker, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all about... You know, I guess if I would say anything, never say never. Never say never. Right? Who knew that? We're right. going to meet us and tweet us. Right? <laughs> We're going to be talking about your book a year later. You know, you're in, in, in law and you, you started nowhere near, you know, law at this company. So life just always has twists and turns. And, you know, great attitude. And um, like you said, you know, you don't, you don't know who you don't know. Just you coming out and hanging out at the tweet-up, who knew this is this great opportunity came up for both of us. So I, I just can't say enough. I'm glowing. I really enjoyed um, spending time with both of you, Dawn Majors and Kalina Jenkins. Um, please definitely check online and follow her. Oh, we didn't talk about your Twitter um, um, ID. What's your Twitter ID? Oh, it's at Khalid23. Okay, spell that for them. Okay. <laughs> that would be K-A-L-E-E-T-23. Got that. And we're going to do a recap, so we'll make sure and send that out with all of her contact information, her website, freeandyou.com. That's also her blog. You can connect with her. Um, her book, Hard Work, Pays Off. Get the workbook, start doing the work, and you can be where she is um, and off thriving 
you know, getting through your financial struggle, moving on to security, and looking freedom straight in the eye so that you can head that way as well. But um, with that, again, this is another episode of TechnologyExpresso.com. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners, those on the phone with us tonight. Um, stay in touch for more episodes. Tell your friends about tonight's episode. Maybe you're in financial freedom, but there's somebody you know who isn't. So tell them about this, and uh, let's continue to support Kalita, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. But for now, we'll say good night, and remember to listen, learn, leverage, and launch. Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today. Visit their website at www.technologyexpresso.com. There you will find their broadcast with guests from all across the technology spectrum, their social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso fast, hot, 